0: Welcome to Home of the Brave, I'm Scott Carrier. Back in the beginning of September, two months before the election, I set out on a trip driving across the country talking to people about the candidates and the issues. At that time, President Trump was holding rallies where he announced that the election would be rigged and that he would not concede in a defeat, and the crowds cheered in approval. Now. One month after the votes were counted, Trump is claiming the election was rigged and that he won't concede in defeat. So how much time has gone by? A day or a year? The problems we have now are the problems we had before. The main problem being we hate each other now all the more. I went out and talked to people at random in order to listen carefully and try to figure out a way for us not to hate each other. I spoke with and listened to a lot of people, but came back thinking, nothing's going to work. Our country's broken, finished, kaput. I thought about putting the interviews up on the web before the election, but then realized the interviews would only make people angry and nobody would listen. Things were too tense to listen to anybody you didn't agree with. I decided to wait until the election was over and things had calmed down. I think it's time to play them now, at length. They're mainly with Trump supporters, and some of the things they say may trigger you. I'm just saying you don't have to listen. You may feel the time for listening is over. One other thing. The pandemic back in September was not like it is now. The rate of infection had been in decline through the summer, and out in the rural areas, Trump country... The number of infections had been surprisingly low. For instance, the states of Wyoming, Montana, and North Dakota each had less than 200 total cases at that time. This is one reason I chose to travel through these states. The other reason being was that this was the path of the rivers coming off the Rocky Mountains, flowing into the Missouri and then the Mississippi. For a route, all I had to do was get up high in the mountains and then go downhill following the rivers all the way to New Orleans. It would be like a fishing trip, only I'd trade my fly rod for my microphone and try to catch people. Not to argue or fight, but to try to see what it's like to be them. I began on the Continental Divide in Wyoming at a place called South Pass, 7,400 feet above sea level, the elevation where a sagebrush meets pine trees and aspen. A few miles east of the pass, there's a very small town called Atlantic City. It's off the highway four miles, down a dirt road, sort of hidden in a ravine, maybe as protection from the wind. On the edge of town, there was a pickup truck parked on the road, and standing up from its tailgate, there was a big sign that said, Do these asses make my truck look big? With photographs of Barack Obama, the squad, Colin Kaepernick, Al Sharpton, Vladimir Putin, Mitt Romney, and others. On the fence by the truck, there were more signs and a US flag and a flag that said Trump 2020, no more bullshit. I stopped, got out of my car, and there was a house. And the guy who lived in the house was up putting a new roof on his garage. He said he'd come down and we could talk on his porch.
1: My name is Mark Kaiser. We're in Atlantic City, Wyoming. Tell me a little bit about Atlantic City. Atlantic City is an old gold mining town. Started back in the 1840s, 1850s. Uh, We have about 25 permanent residents here.
0: Are you from here?
1: I'm from Lander. Lander. which, is, which oh. is 45 miles from here right yeah we don't have any grocery stores here we don't have any gas stations here we'd have a restaurant, two bars, and a steakhouse that's oh. it
0: the on the road coming in, you have some signs right that are very much uh, like in support of Trump
1: also I have a poster up there that says uh, you know this is the flag of our country you know uh, honor it, respect it and love it or get the hell out because we won't miss you if you don't you don't respect it, so that's how I feel. I'm a veteran. I belong to the local uh, VFW post 33 in Lander. In fact, I'm the commander. And uh,
0: well, okay, I'll just tell you. Like I'm on the other side, probably. Mm-hmm. I'd never vote for Trump. So, but I'm glad you're willing to talk to me. Yeah. Um,
1: and let me come sit on your porch and everything. Definitely. Why do you think that? Why would you not vote for Trump?
0: Well, I think he's a money launderer, and I think he has no morals or ethics other than just his own profit.
1: His own ego? Do you think he's done anything in the positive fashion for the United oh, States? That's a good question. In your eyes?
0: Well, he didn't go to war with Iran when he could have. Mm-hmm. And I think he would cut back military funding. I think it's time to bring all the troops home.
1: Well, he's, he's trying to bring them home.
0: Well, how do you stand on that? You okay with that?
1: I'm okay with it. Yep, I'd like to see as many troops come home as possible. I really would. Because? Because I think they need to be here to defend the homeland. Against what? Against everything that's going on in this world right now, in, in the United States. You know, we've, they've got to get a handle on it. The Department of Justice and everybody else and the FBI, they need to find out who is ahead of all of this rioting, all of this destruction. And bring them to task and get a handle on it or this whole country is going to go into a revolution. And that's what I think is going to happen. Whether Trump gets in or not, if Biden gets in, I still feel as though this whole country is, going to, is headed towards a civil war or a revolution of some type.
0: What about their demands that the police be defunded or reformed or something change to where the police are not killing black people just because they're black or brown people just because they're
1: I don't think police are killing people because they're black or because they're brown. Number one, people need to respect authority. The law enforcement is authority. And if you have a problem with authority, then you're going to get the other end that you're not going to like. Respect authority, and there'd be a hell of a lot less people dead in this country. There's a, there's more blacks killing blacks than there are police killing blacks. If, we had, if you had more people that were a little better c- citizens of the community, you would have a lot less problem in this world, a lot less crime. Well, and if you had a family unit, that's the root of a lot of it right there. When you have people that go out and screw around with each other, have babies get married and then, ne- or never get married and break up an entire family, those kids are not raised by a mother and a father like I was, like my wife was. They're raised by one parent.
0: Are you talking about black, white, brown? I'm, I'm talking, talking
1: about, about everybody. Everybody. Everyone. I'm not saying black, white, brown, Indian, anything. It doesn't matter. If you can't stay together, you shouldn't have kids.
0: How about racism? Do you believe in white supremacy? No, I don't. How come? I mean, a lot of people who take the stand that you do are also—they uh, believe in white supremacy.
1: I don't believe in white supremacy. I—I I feel as though we're all equal out here. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what color your skin is.
0: So, do you talk to other people? You know what I'm saying? It's like they do have that about them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Does that? How does that make you feel when you talk to those people?
1: I wonder where their mind is, what, what made them that way, you know? I mean, I, I like talking to people that, that have different opinions than mine. I don't like to talk to anybody that, that agrees with everything I say, and I don't agree with everything everybody else says, right. you know, but uh, yeah, white percent, supremacy, I don't feel as though has it place anywhere in the United States.
0: What do you think about cities? Are you afraid of the cities? Because a lot of the stories I hear now, it seems like it's breaking down between country, like country mouse and city
1: Mouse. I'm not afraid of the city, but I I sure am aware of my surroundings a lot more when I'm out there, when I'm in the big city. But I'm not afraid of it. I pack my pistol with me, whether I'm in the country up here or whether I'm in the city, because I'm a law-abiding citizen. I I have a concealed carry permit. And in Wyoming, you can open carry, so you don't have to have a concealed permit. You can openly carry it on on your person, whether it be rifle or shotgun or handgun or whatever. You know, I was in the grocery store a couple of weeks ago, and I had a head lady come walking up to me. She looked at me and she said, "I saw a handgun on my hip." And she says, uh, "What are you afraid of?" I said, "I'm not afraid of a darn thing, ma'am." I said, "It's my right to carry this weapon, and I'm going to do it. I fought in this co- for this country, for this right, and I'm going to do it. I'm not afraid of a thing."
0: When you look at so your main complaint or worry is the rioters, mm-hmm. these guys. What is it that you don't think they understand? I mean, they're human beings, right? They have their own reasons for what they're doing. What is it do you think that they're wrong about or deluded about? Or what is I, think
1: they, I think they want everything for nothing. What you have is, is going to be mine, and I want it because I don't have it, and you do. They're trying to take everything for themselves. You know, you need to pull up, pull up your bootstraps, grab, your, grab yourself, and go out and get a job. Be a productive citizen in the community and be a, someone that can be proud of what you're doing. I don't know how they can be proud destroying someone else's store and livelihood. Why would you be proud of that? Why would you want to do that and burn a car? The law enforcement is finding bags of contraband, bags of, of explosive devices, bags of fireworks, bags of frozen water bottles that they're throwing at people and hurting people. You know, I'm going to take my handgun. And I'm going to protect myself. If I'm out there and I have a group coming to me, hopefully I will be armed and protect myself. Because there's more of them than there is of me. And I'm hoping we're getting more and more riffraff coming up through here. More and more questionable individuals asking questions and driving Driving vehicles with no license plates and all this other stuff. So everybody,
0: those are working it, for the government, those guys.
1: No, everybody <laughs> in, in the community up here is very aware of what's going on and we're very aware of...
0: In this community? Yes. So you but, guys are ready? You're organizing? No, we're not organizing.
1: We are, we are we're all law-abiding, gun-carrying, Second Amendment people up here. And we're here to protect each other. And our own properties, and we will do that. Oh. I think this will be one of the last places people will come, but you never know. You know, it's totally out of control. Law enforcement needs to get a, get a handle on it. Okay, so government um, needs to get a handle on it. It's going to be it's going to be a struggle, and hopefully, things will at the end of this, things will be a lot better for everyone. Hmm. Everybody will open their eyes, open their hearts, and shut their mouths for a while, and take a look at the whole picture.
0: Well. All right, thank you very much. You're welcome. Not far from Atlantic City, on the eastern side of the Wind River Mountains, there's a dirt road that crosses a small stream at 8,700 feet above sea level, up among the granite cliffs and white bark pine trees. This was the stream I'd followed to the Missouri and the Mississippi and New Orleans, close to 4,000 river miles away. I stood on the wooden bridge, looking down into the water for trout. I recorded some ambience of the water. I ate lunch. I was wasting time, not really wanting to start going downhill, because I was pretty sure this would be my favorite spot on the whole trip. Then a jeep pulled up and parked next to the bridge, and four young men got out with their fishing gear. Native Americans from the Wind River Reservation this land used to be theirs. One of them wasn't wearing a shirt and was covered in tattoos, front and back. So I thought I'd talk to him. Well, first of all, could you tell me
2: your name? Arthur Hernandez. And where are we now, where is this? This is the Popiagi Popi- River, up here on South Pass, above Lander.
0: And what are, you, what are you doing here today?
2: I'm trying to catch some brook trout, trying to get this fish to bite. Usually we have good luck here. You can see a, see some. Yeah, you, nice. can see the, you can actually see the fish. That's what makes it so exciting because you can see them and you can try and entice them to bite, and that's, that's part of the challenge. Right. Yeah, all day. And right now it's really amazing because this late in the season, it's not even cold, it's just warm. And last night we camped here up, a, up at Louis Lake, a few miles away from here, and it was, it was just nice. You didn't even have to have a blanket, really. It's just beautiful. Woke up this morning, wasn't even cold, didn't have to put on a jacket, nothing.
0: So I wanted to ask you political questions. Are you okay with that?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that
0: So, well, it's just who are you going to vote for?
2: Well, I'm a felon, so I can't vote Yeah, so I can't really say either way for that <laughs> But I'm on the fence both ways I, I, Both pe- both delegates are, uh, you know, they got their, they got their positives and their negatives And I'm not sure who, where I'd vote, actually
0: So you'd be in the middle Yeah, I'm in the middle I, I think yeah. that's pretty rare
2: Yeah, I'm in the middle, yeah, I don't know where to go with it There's some things I like about both sides the, what do you like
0: about Trump? You really there's some things you like about
2: him. Well, I like Trump that he's kind of he just does what he wants and does. He don't have, he don't need a a bunch of people committee to to, to back him up or nothing. He does what he wants and he gets it done and he says what he says and he wants what he wants.
0: But uh, what if he breaks the rules while he gets things done? You know, like he doesn't follow.
2: Well, I'm that's what I mean. I'm a felon, so. I think you have to be a little bit of crooked to be a politician. I mean, you need, to, you need to lie. You need to you need to do what you got to do to get stuff done. The Main thing is you don't get caught, you know, like anything else. You got you got to tell your little white lies. You got to get what you're going to get, but you don't get caught. So. But he seems like he gets caught, and it doesn't make any yeah, difference. He gets <laughs> he blatantly lies. He gets caught, he and then he covers it up, and it's just says, "Oh, well, da, da change the subject, whatever." And yeah, he gets caught a lot, but. And that's okay. In some instances. I mean, yeah. okay, no, so no, no, no. Actually, that's what I mean. You're not supposed to get caught. That's, uh, but, uh, you know, I mean? you, you can do what you got to do, but you don't get caught.
0: Well, what about following go. the rules? Everybody playing by the rules. Uh, you know, one man, one vote. The person with the most votes wins.
2: Yeah, I, I don't really think that's a reality thing because you follow the rules and then it's just everything goes a little haywire or something, I guess. uh you don't. You know, if you follow all the rules, then it just don't get you nowhere
0: well that okay, so say that it it's like gangs then yeah. you have gangs, yes, and the gangs take care of their own, yeah, and they have to fight the other gangs, yes, that's yeah. what it I think it descends into if you don't follow the rules, and maybe yeah. we we're there, we've been there for a long time, yeah, already, I'm just pretending it wasn't like that,
2: yeah, it wasn't like that, yeah, you gotta you got your uh your street rules, your the rules of survival, and then you got your. Your law rules, was, you know, you gotta, you got to tear them both. You don't want to break the law, but if you do, you don't want to get caught. What do you think about the Black Lives
0: Matter protests? Oh, People.
2: I think that's, that's, uh, that's been up and coming for a long time, and I'm glad it finally happened. You know, I mean, I'm, it's, a, it's a big issue, and it's a real issue, because, boy, I would hate to uh, be a, uh, an African-American and get pulled over. Even as a kid or as an adult, it's, it's, it's scary. You know, it's not regular. It's not, you don't get treated right, you know. It's, it's, it's scary. I'd be scared, you know.
0: Have you had problems with the police? Me? I mean, you were arrested, I guess, put yeah, in jail. Yeah,
2: yeah. Me, no, I don't have problems. I, I'm, I'm the more type of the guy that is the problem, so, you know, I'm not scared. I you know, I'll, yeah, I don't have problems with police at all.
0: When did you get out of prison?
2: I just got out of prison two years ago.
0: Huh. What were yeah. you in for?
2: I was in for a uh, conspiracy to deliver drugs. I just huh. did 10 years in federal prison.
0: How, how are things going now?
2: Well, now it's the best thing that ever happened to me, because when I went in there, I changed my life around, and uh, I have done nothing wrong. I just, and I got married, and have another uh, another child, and life's been great for, for me ever since. Huh. It changed me for, a lot of people don't change for the good, but for me, after 10 years, I was over it. It changed huh. my mind huh. on how to act, and my attitude, and how to treat people, and, you know, and let things pass. and. The real thing is, I got put in the hole for a year, which is a solitary lockdown, for a whole year. So I was like, almost lost my mind. And so I was just like talking to myself, if I make it through this, if I make it through this, I wanna, the biggest thing I want in life is to have a kid and uh, raise a child, a baby, you know what I mean? Raise a child, that's all I want. If I make it through this with my mind, then I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna do good and I'm gonna have a family and that's all I want. That's really what I want in life. And So when I finally made it through and I got out, I, I went through with my plan. I, I stuck with what I wanted, and I was just to get a job and and to raise a family. All
0: right. And yeah. so, are you when you were saying you're the bad guy with the cops? Yeah. You're joking a little bit. Or? No, no, I'm not joking. <laughs> not a bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you, Arthur Jr. Yeah. The next person I talked to was also up in the mountains camping out. It was Labor Day weekend and there were lots of people, families and friends with travel trailers and ATVs grouping up and camping together, most flying a U.S. flag and a Trump flag. I was driving by one of these groups and I saw a red Jeep with a yellow tent on the roof. I'd never seen a tent on top of a Jeep before, so I stopped to talk to the guy.
3: My name's uh, Don Metzger.
0: And where, where are we now? How would you describe this place?
3: Uh, right now we're at uh, up at the uh, Wind River Mountains, you know, on the loop road.
0: The loop road, mm-hmm. right. Where are you from? I'm from Lander. All right. Yeah. So tell me about your setup. This is a pretty pretty interesting tent. It looks like it's for Africa where there's lions and stuff walking. There. <laughs> you know,
3: yeah. It's, uh, for it's me, up on top of your Jeep. Yeah. For me, it's just uh, kind of the minimalist kind of uh, it's simple for me. I can get in a lot of places with my Jeep uh-huh. and uh, right. I don't need a lot of room. And, you know, nowadays with solar power and kind of some of the neat things, I've got all the creature comforts I want other than the bathroom, you know.
0: And what, do you have, what is this platform? How does that work? So you, you, said... climb, you
3: climb up in there, uh-huh. and there's a, basically it's a queen-size bed, memory foam mattress up in there. Cool. So it's a three-person, all-season tent. All
0: season tent all Right. So you're flying a, in front of your Jeep on a pole. Mm-hmm. You're flying on an American flag. Mm-hmm. And can you tell me what the flag means to you?
3: Well, for me, it's just uh, enjoying our freedom. You know, we have a great holiday right now, and it just shows our freedoms that we're able to do and go as we please for the most part. You know, I mean, there's got some fire bands and things like that, but for the most part, it means freedom to me. You know, I, I spent uh, 10 years in the Army fighting for our country, and I've seen some of the places where those people are less fortunate for sure. Huh. And uh, it's a pride thing. You know, it's just a personal pride thing. I think it, for me, it's, it's pride. You know, I fought for it, and I stand for it. So,
0: where did you serve 10 years?
3: Uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Uh, I was an Army Ranger for 10 years. Oh, a Ranger? Yeah.
0: Do you need to go overseas at
3: all? Uh, I spent 90% of my time deployed.
0: From when to when? So, um, you do not want to talk about just tell me? No,
3: I, I spent, uh, obviously I was there for the Gulf War. I went to Somalia, I've been to Haiti, and I spent a lot of time in Central America, in the jungles.
0: Really, mm-hmm. training people down there?
3: Uh, in the jungles, mostly um, drug eradication. Just going in and finding the drug.
0: Uh, just It's a huge mess. big mess. I've done some stories, some work yeah. on that. Yep. And, you know, there's a new documentary out now that it's about the murder of Kiki Camarena, mm-hmm. the DEA agent in yep. 85. Yeah. And they say that the CIA was there. Oh, that, sure. Do you believe that? I do. The yeah. CIA is involved in the... A lot of stuff. Myth. Yeah. Well. So, how did you feel about that? As a ranger and the CIA's um, working with drug cartels. You know, I f-
3: feel I don't know enough of it to have a strong opinion about a lot of involvement. What they were th- actually, what their position was, and what they were actually trying to accomplish and do. I just wanted to, me personally, because I was pretty young. I wanted to focus on getting out and getting out and being alive taking care of my buddy beside me, behind me, in front of me. Um, following orders. No. Following orders, to doing what doing what I was asked to do, because I, I wasn't, fortunately, I wasn't in the, the Vietnam era where I was told to join. I freely joined. Um, and so with that being said, it's like a job. You know, No one held a gun to my head to go get a job, to join the military. And it's like anything else, it's a pride thing. You know, I'm going to do the best I can. That something that they were asking. They're paying me to do a job, yeah. and that's what I was doing. Um, I know that there's things out there that we will never, ever know. And I feel strongly that the U.S. citizens probably don't have any business knowing.
0: Huh. It's better that they don't. Probably. So, how do you feel about Trump? Because I think Trump... Eventually, everybody's going to realize that he's no damn good, and we don't want him as our leader. I, do, you, do you have confidence and faith in you Trump? You know,
3: what I've seen... He is, his, his, his personality is what harms him more than anything. Right. I think a lot of people don't like him because he honestly is not a politician. He's done exactly what he said he was going to do. And I can stand behind that. Huh. Um, what I don't agree with, you know, I don't, and, and here we go, you know. Right. Get off your phone. Quit, quit tweeting. You're, you're the president of the United States.
0: Right. You're,
3: you're a grown man. Just, right. You're our monarch. Present yourself that way.
0: Really, you think he's our king? You're uh, well, willing to give that to
3: him? I'm not saying he is our king, but he, he is our representative of our country, and that's what I mean by start acting that way. Why isn't he somebody that we want to have our chin up and say, that's our president? Right, that's you know? what I
0: mean. You're still gonna vote for him though? I will. All right, thank you very much. By the time I got down out of the mountains, the stream had become a small river snaking through long, broad valleys. The highway and the railroad track both followed the river and the land on both sides was for growing grass to feed cattle, cowboy country. Every 50 to 60 miles, there'd be a small town and I'd stop for coffee or gas, groceries, looking for someone who would talk. It became clear pretty quickly that everybody in these small towns was going about their business without wearing masks. I wore a mask in town, in stores, because I was from outside and didn't want to be spreading the disease. I also didn't want to get it. But wearing a mask around other people who weren't wearing masks wasn't really working out. Wearing a mask had become a political statement. I could feel contempt and loathing oozing from their pores. I wasn't just an outsider who might be bringing the virus. I was a liberal Democrat from the city. It seemed like nobody was going to talk to me. So in one small town, Lovell, Wyoming, I went into the Chamber of Commerce Tourist Information Center because I figured the person inside would have to talk to me. Not the best form, but I felt like it was my only shot. The woman inside the tourist center said her name was Linda, and it was okay if I took off my mask. She trusted that I didn't have the virus, but I don't think she really trusted me. Okay, so one thing I noticed dri- driving up, but just about the, the mask wearing In this town, people aren't worried about it, it seems like. Is that right, or am I...?
4: No, you're correct.
0: How do you feel about the virus now?
4: I feel like it's really overblown. I feel like... We certainly, there's certainly something to it, but politically, I feel like it was taken over rather than allowing common sense to rule as to how to manage this pandemic. Uh, You know, I, I just feel like people have lost their common sense. They're acting like people should never die. I mean, it's almost like, you know, people shouldn't die anymore. Well, or people shouldn't get sick. Well, we all get sick. Sickness is part of life, and death is part of life, and that doesn't mean that we want to go out and cause death, but I think under President Trump, I think precautions have been taken. I think that they are finding more things out, and as they find things out, it should be loosened up, but I don't believe that the Democrats are allowing it to be loosened up. You know, I. But,
0: do you think it's like a, an organized plot by the Democrats to do this, or what do you think's going on underneath it?
4: I think they've taken a hold of it. I think that they are very much wanting to de- um, defeat Donald Trump at all costs, and this is wrapped up in it.
0: Because why? Why do you think they're... I think it's
4: all political. I think they want the White House, and I think that they won't let up. They're trying to erase history and erase... The things that matter, and, and, you know, we have to, this just can't be. You mean the
0: protesters? Yeah. The people who want a revolution? They do,
4: and it's, it's very frightening because this isn't this isn't what America is. You know, the common courtesies are gone. I mean, that F word is every other word with these groups, and, and I mean, just the crudeness of, uh, is just very
0: alarming. Is that happening here in no. Lovell?
4: No, and it's not happening in Wyoming. We're, we're, we're a very independent group, and I, I personally don't believe that these things are going to happen in Wyoming because we wouldn't allow it.
0: You mean protests mm-hmm. like this?
4: And if there are, I think that people, caring people will band together and say, we're not having this. So we're unique. Uh, we're not, we don't have the big cities with the liberal views coming. People haven't moved from other other states and ruined Wyoming.
0: Do you think they're dangerous, the liberals? I do, do. you think that they're I, think they're... I mean, we have... It seems like there's a possibility that neither side's going to accept defeat. If Trump wins, the Democrats won't accept it. If Biden wins, the Republicans won't accept it.
4: I think that's the fear of all of us. I think so many of us just want it to... See, I, I think we as conservatives, we're the ones that get along with everybody. Hmm. We want things to be smooth and to people to be good to each other and take care of each other. But which side is showing anger, the liberals or the conservatives?
0: About Trump? Uh, About About
4: anything. It's man's inhumanity to man. And the whole thing that we've got to do is stop the nonsense and listen to one another and care enough about each other that we can, but that's not easy. That's messy.
0: Okay, thanks a lot. Sometimes I felt like I was in another country or behind enemy lines, mainly because of all the U.S. flags along the road. Everywhere I looked, there was the stars and stripes. People used to fly the flag on holidays as a symbol of unity. We're all in this together. But now people fly the flag every day as a symbol of division, of us and them. There are the good people who believe God created America to be the best country in the world, and then there are the bad people who do not believe this and do not belong here. The U.S. flag is now a religious symbol that stands for Christian fascism. And it wasn't just the flags telling me I wasn't welcome. There were also the monster pickup trucks, or I don't know what to call them, but they're much bigger than the old pickup trucks they had wheels that looked like they could roll right over my sedan, station wagon. I saw them as threatening, but maybe I was being paranoid, so I decided to get a second opinion. I stopped in Livingston, Montana, on the Yellowstone River, to talk to my friend Elliot Woods. He's a writer and a vet who fought in Iraq, and then later was embedded as a reporter with the Marines in Afghanistan. Describe these big trucks and what the, what you think about these big trucks. Are. What do you call, is there a name for them?
5: I mean, sometimes I call them Mad Max trucks. I don't know if there's a name for them. Um, they're really big. But they're really big. They're
0: they're very popular.
5: They're very popular. It's definitely a status symbol. It's also a thumb in the eye of, of environmentalists. Um, I think there's also a pretty good chance that it's a form of compensation for a lot of people who feel small in some way and need to show how big they are by owning a really large machine that they can wrap around their bodies and drive around in to feel bigger.
0: Do you have a hard time like with young guys with big pickup trucks? Or Or does it not bother you? I don't
5: think it bothers me when people have pickup trucks generally, but I think What I do have a problem with here is this growing aggressive form of conservatism that is represented in these American flag t-shirts that have the Punisher skull on them or all of that imagery and that entire culture of paramilitarism and jingoism and fetishizing vigilante violence is deeply concerning to me. And I do see people around here who fit that description do you feel like fighting them? or? Yeah, sometimes I do. I mean, my, my first impression whenever I see that kind of imagery is revulsion and disgust. And then I step back a little bit and I ask myself, where is this coming from? Why is this suddenly so attractive to people? And as a veteran and someone who spent a lot of time covering the war in Afghanistan, I think there's a direct connection between the the rise in popularity of this kind of militaristic fashion and the fetishizing of vigilante violence to the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's impossible for me to disentangle those two things. Um, fetishizing so th- the war. Fetishizing the, the image of a, a military contractor or a paramilitary or... A special Forces operators, you know, the beards, the the soft hats with Velcro patches on the front, and then the actual weaponry itself. I mean, the the sales of these tricked out AR-15s and similar weapons are through the roof right now. And I mean, people are civilians who've never served a day in the military are walking around with weapons that are much more sophisticated than what I carried when I was deployed to Iraq. I had an M16 with a red dot scope on it, and it was a perfectly serviceable and highly advanced weapon, but compared to what some of these civilians are walking around with right now, it was a relic of of another generation. And on the one level, this the emergence of this entire fashion is so similar to other niche fashions or subcultures like Harley Davidson motorcycle enthusiasts or, you know, you could, you could pick a million of them. But on this other level, it's really different because not only does it have the outlaw component of the biker, you know, the faux biker gang stuff, the poser biker fashion, but this fashion is complemented with real weapons that can really hurt people and that do really hurt people. And the question that I keep asking myself is... What would it take for somebody who decks themselves out in all of this gear and and, and adopts this tough guy, vigilante persona, this kill them all kind of fuck-the-world persona? What does it take for somebody like that to be encouraged to commit real violence? Where is the boundary between cosplay and actual violence? And I think what we're seeing now in places like Portland and Kenosha and elsewhere is that that line is permeable. Somebody who's just playing dress-up today could actually be somebody who's willing to carry out real violence against their fellow civilians, citizens, tomorrow.
0: Actually, it could happen tomorrow.
5: It, it, it is happening. It has been happening and it is happening. And, but I think for a lot of these younger people, particularly, it is, um, it's just another subculture that has this really dark edge and happens to connect them also in a really exciting and thrilling and adrenaline-fueled way to politics and to what's happening in the country right now. And when the the demagogic people talk directly to you, that's pretty intoxicating. When the president of the United States calls directly on you and your people to go handle this problem, that's pretty energizing. That's that's a lot more exciting than dressing up in your gear and going out to the shooting range once every couple weeks and spending the rest of your time on your couch playing Call of Duty online. I It's mean, the real thing. It's the real fucking thing. It's the real fucking thing.
0: They're defending America. No. They're
5: getting the rocks off.
0: Yeah. After Livingston, I was following the Yellowstone River. It flows east toward the Great Plains and then turns north where Custer and his men had their last stand at the Battle of the Little Bighorn. The landscape there is dry grassland over rolling hills that look like giant waves on the ocean. Custer and his men bit the dirt near the top of one of those waves, and now white tombstones mark the spots where their bodies were found. I slept out next to the river, not far from the battlefield, and I couldn't help but wonder what a war here, now, would look like, how it would play out on the ground people who live out in the country are well-armed and they're ready to be attacked by people who live in the cities. But I don't know anyone who lives in a city who wants to do that. I've never heard anyone in a city say, you know, we should go out and shoot some country people, rape their women and take their land. No, we attack them in other ways, like bypassing federal laws, protecting the environment. Another way the country folk could wall themselves off, pulling a posse comitatus, blocking the highways and roads with their guns and trucks, refusing to recognize any federal authority. But that would be like cutting their own throats. People who live out in the rural areas, farmers and ranchers, miners and oil field workers, they all depend on big federal subsidies just to survive. Or maybe that's how they buy the big pickup trucks. Another scenario would be like a zombie apocalypse. Some major disaster in the cities causes everybody to flee to the country to find food and shelter. This could actually happen, but at that point, it wouldn't matter who wins the election. All these scenarios of violence were going through my mind while I was watching the moon come up over the river. I was surrounded by a beautiful, peaceful, natural world, and the only violent place was inside my own head. I come from a culture of violence, and I carry it with me wherever I go.